0: all right, we're live. Let that, let that music, let that music roll us in. Welcome to episode three of the Demand Better podcast, where the question is, where should you go to get nutrition advice? For all those who are joining us for the first time, welcome, and thank you for spending your time with us today. For our follower, For our followers, thank you so much for all the support you've given us on this journey. We truly appreciate you. Here at Demand Better, we believe that life is better when you're an educated and informed consumer. My name's Corona, and I'm joined by the big dog in Superior, Colorado, Dr. Bo. But before we chop it up, let's get some legal stuff out of the way. No person should act or refrain from acting on the basis of content provided in any podcast without first seeking appropriate medical advice and counseling. This is for educational and informational purposes only and not to be used as medical advice. Now that we got all that done, what's up, Dr. Bo?
1: <laughs> Just uh, chilling here. Uh, you know, Hopefully folks watching don't mind. We, uh, we look very similar today. Uh, a slight difference in what's on top of our heads, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you for for sending over this very cool baseball jersey. My new favorite clothing. Appreciate it, my friend. And uh, I'm excited. Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'm ready to to get into this thing. Um, and th- yeah, again, this is this is such a big thing for me. Actually, I literally, as we're starting, uh, had somebody text me about how much do you charge for nutritional advice? Because uh, he's like, I'm I'm sick of the runaround. I've been dealing. I've been doing this diet and that diet and tracking my macros and. And so anyway, this is, this is great uh, timing to, to get into it. Also, we have the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving yes, this week. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, when, when, yeah, when we're recording tomorrow for, for us here, we're doing Friendsgiving with some friends. Uh, you're going up to see your mom up, up upstate New York. So uh, yeah, great timing. And I'm excited. I'm
0: going to throw it back to you, my friend. We're going back to the 315, baby. The Q's. By the way, between us, the two of us have over 51 years of experience in the health and fitness space. We wanted to peel away the curtain and give you, the listener, a true behind-the-scenes look at the conversations we're having. In today's episode, we're focusing on nutritionists. And the question at hand is, where should you go get your nutrition advice? So me, Dr. Bo, being a man of the people, (laughs) I went into the streets and asked a few people about what they thought about nutrition. Run the tape. Um. I read a lot so I get it from Johns Hopkins um I get it from whatever sometimes it's the New York Times wherever there's an article that I feel is worth knowing about um I don't generally ask friends so I rely more on actual articles that I read in the paper um uh men's health as an example, for I look at
1: up for my husband often. Uh, we missed one here. One second.
0: My trainer. Thing <sighs> like to do would be to go to a nutritionist. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> so. So it's confusing, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's we totally, totally we confusing.
1: Had, we had a few people, and they all gave different answers.
0: You know, it kind of you know rolls right into what this whole topic's about today, which is. Where do you go? I mean, it's kind of confusing. Don't we have, um, we have an RD, Tiffany Mandel, and she's going to give you the definition from her perspective. You have that ready to roll? I got it ready to roll. So all registered dietitians have, a wide array of um, training in a variety of disciplines, right? So um, we all have training in cardiovascular disease and endocrinology like type one and type two diabetes and PCOS, Um, we have training in food allergies, we have training in digestive diseases like IBS and um, Crohn's and colitis. Um, So every dietitian has gone through training for all of that and usually what happens is
1: and we'll cut it off there. If you guys want to see that full interview that Corona did with RD Tiffany, uh, that is on our demand better YouTube channel. And we have should have links there somewhere, wherever you're yeah, watching. We thank this. we
0: thank the Laura Metz uh, found that they, I'm not just the Laura Metz uh, office for having Tiffany come and join us. So, Bo, you got we got a bunch of different, you know, opinions. What are your thoughts and what's your process? When we talk about this.
1: So again, it's a super exciting topic, very, very passionate about helping people figure their way through this landmines of of craziness. Um, and and the way I approach it is I start everything with a conversation. Uh, and part of Tiffany's interview, she talks about that, that there should be this conversation. Um, so when somebody comes to me and says, help me with my diet, with my nutrition, I want to lose weight, feel better, get younger, live longer. Um, we, we have that conversation. And, and then the way to look at the nutrition, I boiled it down to, to three really major concepts based on everything that we, we, I understand about research and, and the, the best systems at work. I'm not actually going to give out those three just yet because we we probably will do a number of other episodes because this topic is just so vast. But I work with folks on on nutrition. Um, I I think I have a very n equals one. We're going to experiment with let's try X and see how that goes. And and then having that communication, having that relationship, and being their guide, being their sherpa uh, along the <laughs> way is is what I believe in. Um, more than anything. And then, you know, that that's really where I'm at, uh, of how I work with folks, when they do have PCOS, or, or as she was talking about diabetes, or other uh, diagnoses, health conditions, medications that they're on. Again, that's the other term I'll use as being a health quarterback, where I'm able to say, Okay, well, what what does your endocrinologist say? What does your uh, do we have a registered dietitian we're working with, maybe through insurance, maybe not, uh, is there a functional medicine doctor? I have a great one that was on my podcast, Dr. Pamela Jacobson. Uh, sorry, she's not a doctor. She is a she is a PA, I believe. But uh, again, she's somebody who I very much uh, rely on, trust, and and as a little bit of of uh, HIPAA violation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's she, my, my my wife does work with her personally, so on her uh, you know hormonal health and things like that. So. Uh, all that said, I'd love to, to hear how again you approach it. And I obviously I, I kind of know a little bit, but I'd love to hear, you know, where you're at.
0: Well, you know exactly where how I, I approach this. I you know, I'm a practitioner and and I can give recommendations in terms of what people can do. But when it comes to just nutrition, I normally outsource that. Um and I only outsource this because it's not a one size fits all. I mean, there's, there's so many different opinions and from so many different things. And if they have a health condition, I'm not, listen, I'm a rec, I'm a practitioner. I get people from point A to point B when it comes to nutrition, I will outsource that to the best person that I know. And I surround myself with a team of people such as yourself, Dr. Bo, where you have people around you, um, that actually are experts in their area and let them do their job. I want what's best for my clients. Um, if what's best for my client is talking to Dr. Bo, then that's what's best for my client. Best for my client is talking to Tiffany. That's what we do. But when it's all said and done, um, it's not a one size fits all. And most people, listen, I say it every episode. If JLo's doing a diet, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So let's, um, so the problem we're really dealing with Dr. Bo is confusion. You know what I'm saying? It's confusion. Yes. And I, I actually, that... oh, go Go no, ahead. Go ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, no, go ahead, I was go gonna ahead. say
1: I just had lovely wife that I just mentioned uh run this over. I meant to bring it over earlier, but uh in our in our recording. This is one of the biggest uh it's not the biggest, it's literally one of the smallest books. It's only 80 something pages, I think, are uh but it's it's and it's literally comes out as uh one thing of of words and one little uh piece of of uh you know spoon and illustration. Easy read. Easy, super easy read. Um, I actually do have a Word document I found online that goes through the, I think it's 88 rules. Uh, they, it's called Food Rules by Michael Pollan. He's been, uh, anyone following any any kind of, of, of the recent trends, uh, he's big on the psychedelics and how that's uh, improving brain health. That's a whole nother conversation. But what I wanted to bring in that book for is, again, it's a really simple way. It, you know, One of the rules is something like, if your grandmother wouldn't recognize it as food, don't eat it. 100%. Um, it's an oversimplification in a lot of ways. The whole book, again, I'm going to, I'm going to spoiler alert here for everyone is, uh, eat real food, not too much. And, and mostly veggies basically is, is the way he kind of breaks it down, um, is, is the really, again, oversimplification. But now how do we implement that? How do we go to behavior change? Uh, that's, that's really the, the key. The other reason I wanted to bring it up is in the intro to that book. And again, I'm pretty much giving ent- the entire book here in, in about like a one minute span. It says, uh, and I think this holds true: is nutrition as a science, because it's so difficult on the basis of it to actually perform the nutrition. Because again, like you were saying, if if we did a study on you, Corona, and we did a study on me, uh, whether you know to truly track all of the variables that impact when you drink a Coca Cola or when you have Thanksgiving dinner, uh, you know, to track what that does in your body, the science is so far behind anything yeah. else um and then to say uh, to, to, to make a generalized statement to say oh everybody should not eat eggs or everybody yeah. should eat five eggs a day whatever that is it's just so difficult to do so again this is super confusing and we, we really want to emphasize that point so his his thing i wanted to finish up with from that book is uh nutrition as a science today is approximately where surgery was in the year 1600 obviously we know a <laughs> few more things and again i think it was an exaggeration but but again would you let somebody from 1600 operate on you probably not for for many many reasons in terms of the knowledge that we have around food so uh there, you know it, it's it's a, again really interesting divergence of of ideas of following fad diets like we're talking about here of social media and where do you get your information from i also i know that we wanted to get the men's part of uh the interview right that uh which was the which was the young lady that's nancy uh, it was nancy Nancy, she was talking about
0: man men's health
1: yes and and she brought up that's one of the places she gets her information i know when we were preparing for this we were talking about uh i know for me from my pretty much when I was in high school, I got a men's health subscription, and and it was totally gospel to me. I would uh, cut out articles, I would highlight parts. I had a, a stack of things that I'm like, this is my Bible. I'm gonna I'm gonna co- collect these concepts,
0: and it was put hell together yeah. in this
1: way that I really trusted.
0: Oh hell yeah! No, I didn't mean to interrupt, but listen, we we have we have what what do we have between us? Fifteen years? Sixteen years?
1: Fifty one. I believe the number 51. is fifty one.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> fifty one years between us. And we still, that men's health was, was, was gospel. Yes. It literally was gospel. It was that. And for me, the other thing that you would go to was Arnold's encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Those are like, those are like the gospels when I was growing up. Um, but to get my information there now at this point in my life, um, isn't, doesn't even cross my mind. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And, and it's to part me. of our, it's part of our evolution. And I'll say also again, you know following that advice what was i doing back in the the, the you know 2000s uh to 2010 ish uh was eating low fat yogurt whole wheat pasta uh you know all, all those kind of concepts that, that that was the 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 predominant message delicious delicious uh, definitely <laughs> not um but it was the predominant message and again i i can't say i ever followed everything 100% and i'm kind of glad i didn't Uh, But I I tried to live by a lot of those principles. And and again, at the end of the day, I just, I never had the physique I wanted. I never felt the energy I wanted following that. And, but I was like, this is all I know. This is, it it, it took me a while to realize this isn't working. And it took me, uh, and I know how you feel about CrossFit, but it took me going to uh, my CrossFit certification back in 2010 and the way they broke food down, I think actually, and I'll, I'll repeat that one real quick, just to add a little more confusion to this whole thing. Is eat re- eat uh, meat, fish, vegetables, nuts, seeds, oils, uh, a little bit of starch, a little bit of, sh- of fruit, because you want to minimize the sugar, basically. And, and at the end of the day, the whole messaging there, which again I like, is uh, eat the enough to fuel what you want to result in. Which basically was they had they used the Zone diet, uh, which again is a little more complicated. Uh, but at the end of the day, they calculated your lean muscle mass and said, you know, if I'm a 200 pound male. Uh, and I have, let's say, 20% body fat, which is not It was 15%. Let's so it sounds a little better. Uh, <laughs> 15% body fat. That would be 30 pounds of fat, right? Really simple math. So then I have 170 pounds of lean muscle mass. We can call it. And then I'm trying to fuel that 170 pounds, no more, no less, in order to be at a good energy level. So again, there's these different concepts. We're not going to go too too far down these rabbit holes as much as I, I'm starting to. Uh, but I wanted to bring all that up to say. There's so much confusion. So we wanted to, again, provide you guys with uh, our kind of quick guide to how to navigate that space. So coming back to you, Corona, let's talk about
0: dietitians. Well, no, no, let's back up. Let's back up to something you just said, and I think it needs to be needs to be understood. People. And when we talked to Tiffany, when I talked to Tiffany, it was a very, very simple conversation. I know you believe this also. Food is fuel, people. It's fuel. It's fuel. And what Bo just really went over to is it's not just the confusion that we're having. It's also the, the concept that a one size fits all. And there's no individualization that's out there um, in terms of we look at things like a men's health. There's one size fits all. We're all going to do this diet. And as Bo said, he didn't get the results he wanted. I just want to make sure that if you haven't noticed in the last two episodes, we're kind of repeating ourselves to this individualization that needs to be done. And the nutrition is vitally, vitally important. Your question was, cause I just went off on my little, <laughs> so little yeah, term. I'll, I'll bring it back to here. Here, let's, let's focus it around this. So where we want to provide folks,
1: and this will be the, the, the edit point, right? I'm going to make that mark. So we know how to cut here. Um, how do we, or how do, how do you as a consumer go into, who do I go to for advice? Again, we had our interviews. We heard, uh, the, for Lisa went through a trainer, uh right we had um go to a nutritionist i believe was the, was the, the language we heard and then the the third part was uh periodicals new york times wall street journal uh men's health w- was the last piece there so yeah
0: and if you re- if you remember i did a i did a a poll on linkedin and i there was other there mm. was another they didn't, i didn't they didn't specify what other was but for me, what I would actually do is I would go to a registered dietitian, someone that I know. Now, listen, you have to know them. I know the person I'm working with, so I understand her philosophy. And I think that's vitally, vitally, vitally important. Um, and if you don't know that person and they're just throwing a one-size-fits-all, I think it's the wrong fit for you. But I would go to a registered dietitian. But then it would, it kind of morphs me into, I know you, Dr. Bo, and we both know that you do nutrition stuff. And I would go to you for nutrition advice because you're very well um, educated in that area I'll let you expand on it because I think you give it really justice go right ahead yeah so I, the way we were talking about this and we want to bring it to you guys is, is this hierarchy
1: of yes uh, certifications and letters behind the name so as a doctor of physical therapy we do get a little tiny bit of education around nutrition again and when we were talking about these surveys and talking to folks and I had a poll on my Facebook and Twitter and as well uh, folks sometimes do get their nutritional, concepts to some extent from their medical doctors, their yeah. general practitioners. And again, these guys are, are here to keep you alive. Um, so obviously again, if you if you start having pre-diabetes or you have diabetes, we have a different path that we're going to go. But the medical doctor also only gets probably one lecture out of their you know 17 years of schooling. And uh, you know, that's kind of the, the the consensus that they're not getting a lot of education. And what is their general advice that we see is either hopefully go and, and they refer out or their advice they're given to you right then and there in the clinic because they they're they're on a time crunch. If you haven't noticed, usually is uh, eat less, exercise more. Which again, yes. on the face of it, maybe. And we can talk about these concepts, these generic kind of <laughs> you know we can almost call that a fad diet if you will. But again, yeah. it, it's very incomplete. It's not personalized, and and there's so many other factors to consider. And we can also say eat less, exercise more goes against every aspect of our genetics and our 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 uh, primal instincts, right In fact, for, for centuries our ancestors had to do the exact opposite. They wanted to move less to rest so that they could survive and they can hunt um, and then we wanted to uh, eat as much as we could. So that's in our genetics. so it, and again, this is what I say about you know being overweight, being unhealthy is at the end of the day it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility and hopefully those 100%. of you here listening uh, can appreciate that and, and are on that same page. So back to our hierarchy. Um the way I like to think about this is the most important kind of letters behind the name might just be registered dietitian in terms of like you said if I'm going to refer out to somebody that's probably an excellent source uh if you just don't know anything else about that person but because, know your
0: dietitian
1: but no right right but we're just going off of just if we just okay. saw a yellow pages for those uh, familiar with what that is old enough to remember what the yellow pages are um <laughs> where you just have different practitioners listed and and you d- you have nothing else to go off of other than their, the letters behind their name, uh, you know, registered dietitian is definitely high, high up there. I get a lot of my information though, from, and we, this was funny cause I was listening to Andrew Huberman, who is a professor of, uh, biochemistry and, and, uh, a couple of different aspects and also ophthalmology. So he actually studies a lot of the effects of how light into the eyes affects all of your hormones, which is fascinating stuff, but he's become a, a leading expert. I would say in that field now he's not necessarily somebody who works directly with clients but he is somebody that i respect and 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 again if if people uh are trying to get their information so uh if people are getting from the wall street journal or or men's health i think people need to switch over and maybe check out someone like andrew huberman who might have a little bit more to say rob wolf who uh became very connected to to paleo uh diet he in fact is, is again a biochemistry researcher from his background and, again, being in the, in the strength and conditioning space, he has a lot of very cool ways to synthesize all of these, this data information and then bring it into very usable forms. Uh, so the Andrew Huberman thing where I was listening the other day is he basically called out registered dietitians as a profession. So, again, not to confuse you guys further, but, <laughs> <laughs> but registered dietitians, again, uh, they, if, if you're dealing with PCOS or hormonal imbalances or all these medical complications – they're still going to be at the top of that hierarchy. I do think functional medicine doctors, uh, and I can't speak to all of them because again, that's the same kind of thing of, I've met phenomenal people, like I said, that my wife will work with that I trust to, to say, hey, you should definitely work with a functional medicine practitioner. But that term also gets a little bit uh, thrown out of whack because now people start
0: using that for the wrong well, that, reasons. Let me, it's not very let me, regulated. Let me just say this too. You. you know, we're, we're looking at all these, this hierarchy and and when you're kind of looking at it you know that it's weird we're giving a hierarchy today but what you end up seeing is people go to social media and get their nutritionist from instagram because I'm a health coach um, and they're not really doing their research you know we talked about the word nutritionist anybody can be a nutritionist let's just make that perfectly clear and and that hierarchy that we have after the certain certifications that we spoke about um and in in both case it's a uh, it's precision nutrition is what which you're certified in. And then we said there were some nutritionists that would be, oh, look at that. That that would be um other people that would that call themselves nutritionists that we know as people that we take nutrition advice from. I personally, as a trainer, would would refer on, um, and Bo knows that. So social media does cause a problem. It's caused a problem in and how you get a trainer, it's causing a problem in how maybe you get a nutritionist. I just really, really want to stress the individualization point of it um, in terms of not just the letters. You have to get along with your trainer. You have to interview that person and you have to really get them um, to understand you and be able to work with you. Um, any thoughts on that, my friend?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll expand a little bit on Precision Nutrition is, again, one of the certifications where I'm going to I'm gonna give them that kind of my seal of approval. Obviously, I went through the program um, and, and, again, in my experience – anyone who has gone through either as a client or as a practitioner to get certified can agree that it is a very complete system and it is a very phenomenal way of thinking where I believe in my experience, other systems, and I'm not here to poo poo any specific system, but something like ACE nutrition uh, is one that I would look at and say, I don't necessarily want my mother to to work with somebody from ACE uh, on their nutrition, basically. So, uh, again, we, we have this hierarchy, like, again, I, I was saying RD, uh, is very good. Precision nutrition to me is one of those phenomenal certifications. If anyone else has other ones that they really, you know, and it, as long as you're not financially invested in that company and I'm not financially invested in precision nutrition, um, <laughs> but th- that's always something worth considering. Yeah. And then functional medicine, again, practitioners are really interesting and an emerging field health coach is another one of those where, where they're working on behavior change. So again, there's all these interesting concepts and I've actually played with what do I call myself? Cause I've moved away from being just a physical therapist. Uh, you know, I call myself a long-term health coach, um, or a health quarterback or a, uh, you know, re- physical retirement specialist. specialist. Um, so I play around with all these, but, but again, in terms of the, the, the alphabet soup, as we call it, um, the letters behind the name, we just want to emphasize that again, make sure you interview that person. And now we're going to get to no matter what their letters are behind their name, we have red flags. So yes. let let that's our first big solution we want to throw at you. And again, uh, it's hard to know what is a cookie cutter approach. So uh, and, and again, a one size fits all approach. So, so how do you want to advise folks to look out for those kind of traps?
0: Well, you got to interview them. I mean, you got to interview the person, you got to see how they do the process. And, and if the process is, you know, you're know, you just like my last client. Here, Here's a sheet of paper. You got to follow this. Don't do this. Don't do that. That they don't get to know you, your lifestyle and stuff like that. It's very, very hard for someone to map that out for you unless they understand you. Um, and that cookie cutter approach, um, it's not successful. Just like we went... A great example was when you were talking about men's health and you were following the diets of men's health and you weren't getting the results that you were looking for. So that... Um, the one-size fits all isn't really uh I don't think in any of these things that we've spoken about so far a one-size fits- all is appropriate
1: yeah and uh so the next part being that assessment you've kind of alluded to it I just have it in, in the in the chat here so no assessment what do you do get out get out get out, <laughs> get out. If, if there's no and the assessment can be again it should be very thorough it should be intense in my opinion um it should be able to you know, have you had any recent blood work? What is your past medical history? What is your family history? Uh, in terms of things yes. like cancer, uh, somebody who might be somewhat familiar with that is, is, the, do you know the number one risk? I'm going to put you on the spot. The number one risk for developing cancer poor diet. Nope. In terms of statistically it might, you know, that makes sense. Uh, especially with our topic, but the number one risk, uh, it's a little bit of a trick question is, is if you've had a previous bout of cancer. Ah. So it's a little bit of a trick question. I got, I caught you.
0: I like. So you it. made me look bad
1: on camera. It's That's terrible. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I t- it's a trick question. It's a trick you question. Tried,
0: and fans, he tried it once with the longest muscle, and then I said sartorius, and he lost. it. He got music. me. He got me there. But I yes. guess so. All right. Go so, ahead,
1: so no assessment. Uh, again, these are basic things that that you should look out for. Not just an intake form, but again, what what does this mean? We need to dive deep. Uh, you know, and the deeper you can dive and the deeper that clinician dives uh, and more time they're willing to spend with you. I think that's when we really can get into someone who, who hopefully can, can give you the, the, the right path. Uh, and that takes us to our next concept of coordination with a team. Uh, are they again, checking on your blood work, able to communicate with your doctor, your personal trainer, the entire team. That's that health quarterback that I kind of alluded to that I sometimes call myself. Um, cause I think, again, I, I, practice that way because I think it's, it's vital. Um, if, if there are practitioners and clinicians that, you know, are not able to communicate there or they're just saying, Hey, I, I'm just going to give you this 1200 calorie diet. Whereas that I'm cookie sorry. cutter approach, um, or, or maybe they're even going a little extra step and saying, Oh, we figured out based on your age, your weight, all these things, your BMR, and theoretically you're burning 1800 calories a day. So, you know, or Corona, you're burning 1920 calories a day. And it sounds really legit and, and personalized. Uh, again, some of those can be traps as well, because then they're still going to come back to, well, I want you on a 1200 calorie a day diet. And there's no, again, this is where precision nutrition comes in around behavioral change. And so that's really the hard part, because if I just tell you 1200 calories a day, eat three egg whites and, and a grapefruit for breakfast, boom, done. That's all I'm giving you. Like, well what happens when I get hungry? What happens when, you know, do do I have other meal plans and and then like where's the support? Can I reach out to you? Uh, you know, that's really it and again, Tiffany, I'll give her credit there, the RD uh, she was talking about cash-based versus insurance-based. One of the yes. big differences there is insurance might give you kind of a little more generic type stuff because, again, they're in this restricted model versus cash-based. You're kind of paying for their time. And, again, I, I encourage you guys to go check out that full interview uh, with Corona and RD Tiffany there on our Demand Better po- uh, YouTube channel. So what she alluded to was that, again, when you're in that cash-based model, you're paying for their time. You're paying for that support. So She calls it access access. Yes, that's right. So I really like that. So again, that coordination with the team uh, is pretty vital with the, with your primary care physician. That's the reason they're the primary care physician. Uh, if we're not able to have some kind of connection back to that, if you're on certain medications, we need these, this all needs to be factored in. And if the person's just like, oh, we're just going to put you on keto uh, you know, or whatever the, the generic kind of the, the, the fad diet is for there. Uh, we, we just want to, make sure that it's a little bit more than that. So again, we want you guys to be those educated consumers
0: and hopefully uh, we can, we can move past that. It's Uh, important. It's important. Just one second on this. It's really, really important that people come in and aren't intimidated by having a team around you. If you have a group of people around you, they should have the conversation because it's about you and it's about what's best for you in the situation. So always have a great team around you. Go ahead, Dr. Bo. Yeah. So our next thought or,
1: or kind of concept
0: is we touched on it already, eat more,
1: or sorry, eat less, exercise more, uh generic kind of thing is, is CICO is the, you know, slang, <laughs> if you will, uh calories in calories out. And that's where, again, at the end of the day, this is the law of thermodynamics and this is how the body works. It's, it's an indisputable fact. Although you're going to hear some disputes on Twitter and things like that about, oh, yeah. is this the only thing that matters? Cause some folks are saying, look, if you eat 1200 calories a day, and you're theoretically burning 2000 calories a day, uh, that 800 calorie deficit is over a week. If you do that every day for a week, you're going to lose whatever a pound and a half. Um, and that's a healthy rate. And again, but it's, it's coming back to there's psychological aspects to eating. There's hormonal implications to eating. Uh, so the calorie thing to me is something I generally avoid um, and I'll give you a little preview and shout out to EC Sinkowski, uh, optimize me nutrition. She pushes the 800 gram of fruits and vegetables. And this is based on research. She's actually given a TEDx talk just about this concept. And so 800 grams of fruits and vegetables, focus on that. We're not even taking anything else out of your life. If you're going to Thanksgiving, as long as you get your 800 grams of fruits and vegetables, the concept is you're going to feel more full. You're going to be more 100%. satiated. Uh, and, and then you're going to eat less junk. Because you're focusing on the primary thing, I got to get my 800 grams of fruits and vegetables, however many cucumbers, apples, oranges, all that stuff. Um, and 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 you know, then we can worry about all the minutia of well, what about agave honey and like all the all this yeah. minutia that that you know goes into things. And and it's that's where again people get uh, caught up. And this goes back to what we talked about on some previous episodes of 97% of the time, people want to focus on the 3% of minutia uh, where. 97% of things should be agreed upon that. And again, this is really cool. Uh, uh, I don't know if I shared this with you earlier, but but uh, there was something called the Ancestral Health Symposium, which I like to kind of check in on where they, they threw kind of different PowerPoint slides at each other and concepts and lectures. But the basic concept is, look, if you look at the top diets that are out there, maybe outside of carnivore or keto, some of these more extreme diets they, they still tend to agree. Even those diets tend to agree on the majority of things, which is eat less processed stuff. And that's where it comes back to this book, food rules. And again, like guys, this is like, this is a great holiday gift. Holidays are coming up. (laughs) This this thing's like, I think 10 bucks or something like that on Amazon. So go out and support, support that. But, but it, it comes back to eat less processed things. If it comes in a wrapper, you know, probably not the best thing for you, even if it says paleo on it, or if it says low fat, low, whatever, um, you know, so, so eat less processed things, basically. Well,
0: this goes back to what we, you and I were talking about that when I was younger, there was no fat free. There mm-hmm. was none of this stuff. You know, anytime they do, they take something out, they put a chemical in. So, you know, nobody knows how that chemical is going to be behaving with anybody. So yeah, we have to eat clean and eating clean, just eats, eating not processed food it's essentially yeah. what it is.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I, I, I speak with folks. And again, when I start the process of interviewing them or, or they are interviewing me and we're starting to get to know each other, uh, a lot of folks, I check in. If I ask a general question, like, you know, how's your eating? What have you followed? Oh, I eat really clean. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, what does that mean? And then as we get into it again, it might be something like that men's health diet where I thought I was eating clean. Cause I'm like, I'm following, yeah. you know, I did my research. I'm following this. And to me, it was one of the, the you know, really looking back on it. It was one of the, less great diets for me personally. Um, and, and again, we can go, I, I think we will do a number of other episodes, especially if you guys Absolutely. enjoy this one, uh, reach out to either one of us or, or leave it in the comments, wherever you're watching, listening to this, Of uh, what you, which aspects of these would like to go. Cause we can go 30 different avenues on this. Um, so, so at the end of the day, what does eating clean mean? And, and how do we push ourselves forward? I think, again, it comes back to similarly to the personal training episode, the physical therapy episode is, uh, you want to get the most out of your money. It's your money, right? Like if money's not an issue for you, even then, you have time. Time is a limited budget uh, for all of us, so don't waste time on oh, let's try the keto diet for 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 three months and see what happens. Which a lot of people do. Again, with the holidays coming up, I've I've spoken with a lot of folks about their nutrition recently. Is like uh, what what's the usual thing that happens is I'll start January first, um, <laughs> you know. And and again, we're not here to be you know enjoy yourselves. Go have that piece of pumpkin pie. I know I will um, tomorrow. So um, you know, find that balance. But that's the other one thing I want to throw in before we kind of wrap this up is these concepts should all have a long-term component to it. So if there's that conversation of, Hey, for the next 30 days, let's try this. But if it's something like keto, I would say 99.9% of people I've spoken to might've had some success on something like keto, which if you're not familiar is basically, uh, eating only fat, uh, <laughs> maybe <Yeah. laughs> a little bit of protein, very little carbohydrate. So now you're going into ketosis. So without going too far down that rabbit hole, but people get really burned out on it because it affects your digestion. It's very hard to, to maintain, uh, whether you're traveling, whether you're doing all these things. So for me, and, and again, I'll shout out EC Sinkowski, who I think is a phenomenal resource in this space. Uh, she speaks about whatever thing you're about to try. Is it sustainable forever? So if we're trying it to see if it makes you feel better, sure. But you need to have that concept of we're doing an experiment for the next 30 days or the next two weeks or whatever it is. And this is again, kind of how I work and I'm here to guide you. So, uh, at the end of the day, it comes back to wrapping it up of you need a guide. So whoever this person is that you're going to trust, whether you want to reach out to me and guys, if you listen to this and you want to reach out to me, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, and, and, and it needs to be a guide to take you through this concept of nutrition, of what you're eating, of of how it factors into your overall fitness and health and blood work and, and all these different markers. So if that isn't there, run the other way. If there's no assessment, run the other way. Uh, Let's bring it back to the hierarchy. So what is your takeaway about, about all these letters behind the name as we wrap it up?
0: Well, listen, there's a couple of things we're going to take away from this. And number one, the gold standard, as we said, as far as the hierarchy was the RD, Um, you should know your nutrition, your registered dietitian, you know, interview them, you know, they're not all the same, but you have that? We have the certain certifications that we talked about, like precision nutrition that Dr. Bo has, um, listen, not every nutritionist is great. And the person who graduates class last in the class of nutrition is still a nutritionist. Um, and then we talked about the functional medicine, which you said something very, very interesting about that is that it's not, it's not, um, very well regulated, that's the best line you could have said there. And, so- and and I'm going to say
1: the same about this. What I have in here is nutrition, the term nutritionist, and you kind of alluded to it, but I want to make it very clear. If somebody calls themselves a nutritionist uh, or a nutrition expert on Instagram, which I've, I see all the time, and there's all sorts of weird ways to, to call yourselves these things. Um, the term nutritionist means nothing. My dog is a nutritionist. Uh, our next door neighbor is a nutritionist. The term means nothing. Anyone can use it. You don't need any education. You don't need any certifications to even call yourself a nutritionist. It's, Correct. Again, it's poorly regulated by all means and accounts. And it becomes a dangerous thing when people are giving advice about something like the food you're putting into your body, which you're doing 21 times a week, probably minimum, not including snacks and drinks and things like that. Um, so, you know, uh, everyone's on this intermittent fasting. So maybe they're only eating seven meals a week, whatever. But again, that has significant implications. And I believe every single time you choose to put something in your mouth, uh, you know, from a food perspective, at least we're going to keep this PG, uh, every single time you put something in your mouth, you are either, facilitating disease down the line, or you are improving your health. So, and it's a tough thing to understand. And that's the kind of stuff where I try to empower the folks I work with to understand, again, if, if, if I've had, again, let's say, let's stick that 21 meals a week. If you've had 11 good meals and 10 less than ideal meals and how we define that, uh, you're, you're, you're in a positive net outcome, right? Uh, but now we're going to see if we can get that up to maybe 15 to six or you know the closer the more we get there it doesn't have to be 100% and that's another thing that's out there 80 20 rule intuitive eating all these different concepts. so again this is a huge open can of worms but yeah
0: so i'm going st- to listen i'm going to just kind of wrap this up with us because i'll say this too when it's all really said and done um listen listen folks you got to look out for yourself and you got to find out what's going on there this is one of the most confusing spaces to be in if you are on a diet and you think that diet? Listen, if you can't live on a diet, you have—it's a lifestyle change. It's how you—it's a lifestyle change. It's not about a diet. Uh, most people diet, and we talked about this: who diet fail, and we talked about the people who lost a lot of weight on on um, the biggest, biggest loser. loser. Yeah, and the, was it ninety percent of the people put the weight? I think back it's on? a good ninety-seven. We'll stick with that
1: <laughs> number, but yeah. So
0: ninety percent of the people. So when you go out, when you're going out looking for a therapy, for a um, registered nutrition for a nutritionist. The, the solutions that we come up with for you, are the red flags are, you know, if they got a cookie cutter, it's one size fits all, you got to go. You got to go. It's not working. Um, if there's no assessment, Bo, what you doing? Got to go. Got to go. Coordination with the medical doctor and blood work and all of that stuff, that team, look for a team, make sure that they can talk to each other and one another and calories in calories out. Um, those are the four solutions we have for you. Just, Go ahead, just,
1: Bo. I just want to add in when you say calories in calories out, the takeaway if you are the consumer, what do you need to take away from that is that is a great jump off point when you're interviewing them. We want to give you guys these tools again. The way we talked about this this episode as we were we preparing for it is uh, for, just like if you were somebody interviewing a job applicant for an internship or whatever position at the bank teller, um you know, there's certain things we want you to look for. So calories in calories out is just a a talking point. So we believe we have it pretty nailed down of, of at least it can't be everything. It's certainly a, a law of thermodynamics, like we said. So we just want to give you guys that calories in, calories out, CICO, C-I-C-O, is uh, something that if you're interviewing a per- possible nutritionist or registered dietitian, I would just totally want to know uh, how they respond to that. And of course, we can't prepare for every single response, but that gives me a good sense. If I was interviewing somebody again for my mother and they were going to work with them, uh, that would be one of those questions I would say like, Hey, how do you feel about Seco? Uh, just like you might say, you know, where do you see yourself five years from now? So that's, that's what the Seco
0: point I wanted to make sure was very clear. Um, no. So listen, that's, we're going to have other episodes on this. This is just an overall, like we're just brushing the topic to bring it up and we will flush it out even more in, in further episodes. But with that being said, people, you know, we want you all to have a great Thanksgiving. Um, we wanted to get this out to you guys before Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourselves, um, and and, and the entire you. December holiday season. And <laughs> happy holidays! We're going to be around. Keep listening to us. Subscribe to us. Uh, what is it? Subscribe, like, um, share, comment, share, comment. Um, but I'm going Sma- to it over. Smash to- that like button. Sorry, smash it. So, uh, <laughs> listen. Happy Thanksgiving, Bo. You got any final words? No, I just hope everyone
1: has a happy, healthy, uh, you know, couple of weeks coming up here. I think it is a real quick, I'll throw the sad statistic out is statistically uh, folks gain one pound and that's on average in America here during this season between Thanksgiving and new year's. Uh, So if you gain one pound, obviously that's an average. So there's folks who lose weight. There's folks who gain a lot more than one pound, but if you just go off of that average over Again, 10 years, you're gaining 10 pounds, theoretically. Over 20 years, you're gaining 20 pounds. So when you see somebody at your 20-year high school reunion and they put on a bit of weight and it's not the best kind of weight, uh, these are things that, that we just want to think about as overall long-term health. Again, uh, you know my concept, and this is thank you again for this jersey. That's why I have number 30, is 30 minutes. We should be able to have a conversation in, in the context of nutrition. If in 30 minutes I can't give you guidance and move you in the right direction, then I'm doing something wrong. And then that should give us a plan for the next 30 days, which again, for me, a lot of times is let's try to eliminate XYZ, or let's try to include or focus on this 800 gram fruit and vegetable challenge for the next 30 days and see how that does. And then based on that, that should take us into the next 30 years. So that's my kind of real quick uh, wrap up. If you guys, hopefully, if it resonates with you, if you wanted to try it out again, I'm here, I'm going to sell myself, uh, but also whoever you work with, if they're not providing you with some kind of long-term plan if if they're trying to sell you supplements, that's another thing. Again, we, we we try to, you know, slim this thing down, but that's a huge
0: red flag you're for me. You're going they, down. You're going down all sorts oh, of yeah. Levels. Sorry, man. You gave me a little- Supplements are not good for you. Supplements, listen- uh, supplements, I won't say supplements regular, are not good for you, no, but no, I will say get, if the Go see a medical doctor and yeah. go see somebody that can actually help you with this. But if they have
1: their own line of supplements, if they have, you know, again, it's not a 100% red flag, but it's definitely a yellow flag for me. Uh, and there's a lot of great practitioners out there who have some supplements. Uh, and again, they're trying to make it more convenient, but it's just something that for me definitely comes across as uh, at least a yellow flag by by all means.
0: hundred percent, hundred percent supplement. I mean, let re- I me mean, retract what I said. If your supplements are not a bad thing, if they, if you know what you're doing with them. Right. I take,
1: I take a decent amount of supplements. I will, I will readily admit, you know, I take a vitamin D three supplement pretty much every day, even though we have pretty good sunshine here. I try to combine the things. I try to test my blood, uh, every so often. Again, these are the things that we can certainly go down a lot of rabbit holes on. I, I'm going to, I'm going to stop myself.
0: So, <laughs> so we're going to say happy Thanksgiving happy and Thanksgiving. don't and listen, don't forget to demand better. Check out our other episodes so that you can get more information about the health and fitness space. Thanks for joining us today. All right. And by the way, happy thanks. Peace. Peace. <laughs> thanks guys.